there, folks. It's Brock, the producer of the Sprocket Podcast, and we are bringing you some special coverage because it is about that time again, that time of year when you can go out to the coast or this year into uh, rural Washington to ride on the rails by bike. Uh, we'll get into some of the details, but uh, in short, Oregon Coast Rail Riders is out in Bay City, Oregon, just north of Tillamook, just outside of Portland, Oregon, and uh, this two-hour, 12-mile round trip is just $24 per person for 12 years and older, $12 per child, 11 years and less when accompanied by an adult. They have departures at 9 a.m., noon, and 3 p.m., and you can book your trip online. In addition to their Oregon Coast location, they also have this brand new thing, Vance Creek Rail Riders, which is in Shelton, Washington. So, all right, that's a 14-mile round trip, and uh, it's opening in May of 2018 with its own website of vcrailriders.com. So, anyways, just wanted to let you know, again, this is May. May 19th is when everything opens up, and uh, it's well worth your time. So, here is Guthrie Straw reporting on his experience with the Oregon Coast Rail Riders. When most people think of the Oregon coast, they think of Haystack Rock, whale-watching, and breathtaking vistas. But this past summer, I had a chance to catch up with a different kind of experience, and one that offers a truly unique way to explore a piece of land often seen, but underappreciated. As part of the Port of Tillamook Bay Railroad, the Oregon Coast Rail Riders operate this pedal-powered line, which runs from Bay City to Tillamook from May through September of each year. All right, cowboy, hop on up there. We gotta have weight in the back before we get in the front. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cool, cool. Well, you might want to pick up that fancy fanny pack. There you go. Cool, and then pedal backwards for me. Oh, that's a little bit too close. Okay, so go ahead and just stand straight up. Now, let me. are Philippe in the front and Nate in the back. If you have any questions or concerns, need help adjusting your seat, get their attention and they'll do their best. They do work hard and they do appreciate tips. If they're not working hard enough for you, let me know and I will punish them for you. Uh, anyways, so there's a few safety things you've got to cover. Um, there's a bunch of ways you can hurt yourselves with my rail riders. Uh, if you're creative, I'm sure you can come up with new and exciting ways that I haven't even done. Um, but chief among the ways to mess yourself up would probably be to stand on them like this. Terrible idea. I've done it at full speed and it was really fun, but uh, never ever a good idea to do that. So, another thing to don't do is this. Yeah, and by this, of course, I mean sit on the front when nobody's on the back because you go endo like this. And uh, I'm sure you can imagine that if you were the dude sitting on this seat straddling the bar and you stood up real fast, how uncomfortable that might become. Um, so just hold that image in your heart and this will never, ever, ever happen. So always have someone sitting back there at all times and this is no big deal. So, there we go. Boom, cool. Oh, it even did it. Awesome, so my seats have one weird little uh, tipping issue. If it's flat to the ground like this, go ahead and hop on down, everything is cool. But if it's cocked up at an angle like this guy, 
see how this isn't flat to the ground? Um, there's a little bolt down here that needs to be in between the teeth instead of stuck underneath one like this guy right here. And you can see how it works on all of them. It's pretty straightforward. But if you sit down on it like this, it bends the snot out of that bolt, pinches this whole thing together, and makes me cry every time, which is pretty handy because the only way to get the stupid thing out of there is to lubricate it with my tears. So uh, it's just not very good. So just make sure that everything is flat to the ground like that and it'll all be good. So with that in mind, we'll take care of all of the seat adjustments. I'm sure you could figure it out, but I'd rather be responsible for breaking it than you. So there you have it. So um, there's only one really important spot on the rail rider and that's back here on the left with the yellow lever. Everyone say yellow lever. Yellow, yellow lever. That's a fun thing to say over and over and over. Not that that's important, but what is important is that you push the yellow lever forward. That's your brake. So, uh, yeah, whoever you distrust the least in your crew, put them on the brake. And um, I do ask that whoever's running the brake is at least old enough to drive. So a couple of strategic things is we want to have taller people in the back. You get just a little bit more leg room, like a couple inches, and uh, it does make the difference a lot of the time. And one thing we absolutely have to have is more weight on the back seats of the rail rider than on the front. Helps things track a lot smoother. And I'm sure you can imagine how awkward that conversation has become for me in the past. So please just help me out. And we absolutely have to have more weight on the back than on the front. So that's all there is to that. Um, so uh, I've got the back car all taken care of. Um, we're, we're, uh, we're on a, a podcast today. So uh, your voices, oh. might, your laughter might be famous. Yeah, state over. Or no, how popular are you? I don't even know. I've listened to one of your things. But medium. Cool, cool. Medium popularity. <laughs> And while pondering the relative definition of medium, I wandered to the caboose car to prepare for our departure. Miles down, then we turn them around and just come back six miles. So, 12 total. And, you know, it takes about two hours, give or take, but, uh, you know, sometimes they're fast, sometimes they're slow. That yeah. just kind of depends on collective ambition. Well, originally, I'm from uh, Newport, Oregon, but really uh, Baker City, Oregon. We, we moved over there when I was pretty little. As we talked and rode, I was curious where people came from. You know, 80% of the people come from Portland, and then 20% from the rest of the world. Okay. Yeah, it's just sort of all over the place. You know, it's kind of fun being able to speak Chinese a little bit, because every once in a while I get to pull it out and have a group from Taiwan or China come over, and that's pretty fun. Yeah, my wife and I were living in Taiwan teaching English at the time, um, so we, uh, we moved back to the States to come and run this, which has uh, been a very good decision. So, yeah, it's been pretty fun. While the tour primarily operates in the summertime, I was curious how they deal with the weather. Which is something that we like rarely have to deal with. Full days when it's uh, too hot. Mm-hmm. There was one day it got up to like 102 here just for an afternoon. There wasn't a breath of wind anywhere. But we still had full tours and we told everybody like you're gonna you're probably gonna pass out. Ah, whatever. Yeah, and normally we don't really worry about it, but we had a car stationed at the far end to come and pick up those that couldn't handle it. As fellow outdoor guides, we were both able to relate on the other end of the spectrum as well. Clutch thing is rain pants, which is shocking to me how few people own rain pants. I guess that's, that's in my heart, that's just like mandatory equipment. Doing this in jeans, and uh, you know, we have people you know, bring out, you know, like garbage bag ponchos and all that, and like, well, that's gonna not really do anything for you at all, so, oh well. But you know, really, like when it rains, people end up, you know, like, well, for one, we go way faster. People are a lot more motivated when it's wet out. But in general, you know, people enjoy it, you know, just as much, if not more. Um, you know, you, gotta, you have to work for it a little bit more. And, uh, you know, suffering builds character. Speaking of building character and type 2 fun, we'd arrived at our hill of the day. This is our good hill. 
and they're not going very fast. So it's you, you have to experience it, you know, at least at like a moderate pace. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. it's a little bit more fun. So we're queuing up, waiting to descend our good hill, which for a railroad is uh, what? Maybe, maybe a percent. Yeah. I don't know. Not very much of, of any percents, but uh, yeah, I think like the actual elevation difference, just like just one point to one point from our start to the turnaround is like 17 feet or something like that. Mm -hmm. But you know, there's some up and down in between. Mm -hmm. All right, you ready? Yep. All right. Here we go. Broke it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's back there. Whatever. Get a chain breaker. Uh, I mean, it's gone now. Yeah. I'll pick it up on the way home. Yeah. Um, I'll just move my seat up there. No, it's no worries. Or make you. I mean, I can. I can turn around and blow. That's about as much as I'm gonna do. Yeah, and I move one of those chains back here, but they're all different lengths. Yeah, you're all good. So I'll give it a go here. Okay, cool. With the challenge of pedaling with just one chain accepted. We talked a little bit about the unique design principles behind these rail cars. These things are pretty much designed on a napkin. You know, it's all it's all like fairly homemade designs. So, uh, you know, there's lots of little tiny things to tweak and fix, and definitely keeps me busy. So, yeah, and a bicycle mechanic, I am not. And while not bike mechanics by trade, it is clear that some really great thought and intention went into the designs behind these carts. It's about like 120 fully with all the seats on you. Obviously ours with no seats is a little bit less. It's all aluminum and really the heavy part are the stainless steel axles and the wheels. Well and actually the bearings too, those are really heavy. Pretty heavy duty industrial ones. Mm -hmm. Which uh, for the little tiny use we have on them, like I've, I've yet to even come close to blowing a bearing. Yeah. Now that I say that I'm sure we'll break one. but. Yeah, because I've never broken a chain myself, and now here we, here we are. Hey, first time for everything. <laughs> Man, I feel really useless not being able to pedal. You're cool. I'm having fun. Yeah, right on. <laughs> cool. Fortunately for us, I'd just driven in from Portland and was eager to stretch my legs a little. As we rode along, it became pretty clear why they talk about securing personal items while you ride. Oh, dropped your pen. We had one gal that just bought a car, and, had, you know, and they, it came with one key. And uh, his little chip key, and I think it was a Volkswagen, so you pretty much you have to send back to Germany to get a new one. And uh, she lost her only key out on the trip. And that was on the morning run, so at 9 a.m. So the noon run, they went out and back, and no one found it. And then, so she, they're like just hanging out in town. Like she had some friends with her, so she, you know, they're able to go like do stuff. Um, but then on the 3 o'clock run, went out. And I found it, like, first thing. It was it was only, like, a mile from, from the start. And it was just sitting in the middle of the track with a big old, you know, tag sticking up. I, I had her number in my phone, so I just uh, called her and her friends met at the far end. They were able to get it all lined out. Had a little boy lose both of his shoes in different spots. I have no idea how that happened. Like, we went out, and his mom was really mad at him when they got when they got home. Then I went out on the next run and found one shoe, and then about two miles later found the other one. But it's, and it's not like his sandals or anything. It's just like his tennis shoes. And he's just poof, gone. So, whatever. As we continued along, the route meandered through fields and pastures. I was curious what the residents thought of the rails program. Pretty much everybody likes us. You know, there's there's always going to be one or two that, that never like anything. But, uh, you know, 
don't listen to them too much. And, you know, really the only time where we ever really interact with anybody is at the road crossings. We really try to keep our nose clean when it comes to that stuff and do it as safe as possible. So this is the uh, Kilchis River right here. And uh, up, up on top it says uh, 1898. And that's when the, uh, when the bridge was originally forged. And I've been told that it was made over in uh, uh, Buffalo, New York. And they shipped all the way down to Sacramento, California. And uh, it was used down there until either 1932 or sometime in the early 80s. Like, I've read both, and I'm not really sure which one's which. But at any rate, they tore a bunch of bridges off the line down in California and uh, moved them all elsewhere. Yeah, so you guys hanging in there? Oh, yeah. Rock and roll, nice. Right on, cool. So once I get Philippe up so here, this is... So much nicer than the inland, you know. It's oh, yeah. yeah. Still no, they're all here now, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we're not ditching them too bad. Well, while we waited for a rail crossing to be safe, I caught up with Gunner, who had some thoughts on the ride. Well, this is a great ride. We've done this numerous times. It's a wonderful experience that uh, I'm sure folks here are really going to appreciate. Where are you guys traveling from? Lake Oswego. Oh, we found out about this years ago when uh, the original line went in on the uh, east side and uh, from uh, Joseph to enterprise and then of course this came into being last year and it's uh, been very successful very popular very good idea very uh, very innovative mode of transport so at about you know the three three and a half mile point up here the scenery changes a lot from you know we're going through the forest and you know looking out on the estuaries and the Kilchis flats then once we, we get a little bit closer to Tillamook you know you start to see more uh, like farm fields and barns and dairies and sort of things so you really get the full representation of what Tillamook's like one of the things I really appreciate about this type of experience is that it lets you see territory you may have encountered before but from a whole new perspective. Tillamook Branch Rail Line, um, in the winter of 2006-2007, there was a great big storm that did about a billion dollars worth of damage to the track uh, where it connects back over to Portland. So instead of fixing it, um, you know, because it's a billion dollars, the Port of Tillamook decided to just uh, um, give over the lease to the excursion train up in Garibaldi. And because uh, um, they'd been running their little, you know, tourist train for a while before then. The tracks are owned by the port and then leased by the excursion train, and then we just sublease this little chunk from them. So we don't have any other traffic on this section of rail. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's all ours. Having known about the rail excursions from my hometown in Joseph, Oregon, I was curious if Nate had any suggestions for folks looking to take a ride. Definitely a workout. It's not exactly a walk in the park for everybody. Some people find it easy, some people find it hard. If you think you might be having some trouble, employ some uh, rambunctious folks to come out with you. Come dress for the weather, because, you know, this is the Oregon coast, and it changes all the time. And as any guide knows, Nate saves the best tip for last. Oh, don't bring a bad attitude. Yeah, because this is only going to be about as fun as you want it to be. I can't speak for everyone, but personally, I'm looking forward to May when I can go back and visit again. This has been Guthrie Straw reporting for the Sprocket Podcast. For more information, check out ocrailriders.com. Thank you, Guthrie. And thank you, Oregon Coast Rail Riders, for inviting us out to check it out. I highly recommend you yourself go. Again, it is ocrailriders.com. And if you're uh, in the Washington area, the Shelton is just outside of Tacoma and Olympia, south of the Puget Sound region. And uh, that one is vcrailriders.com. 
as in Vance Creek. All right, we will bring more Sprocket Podcast to you, the listener, straight to your ears from our mouths very soon. Find us on the internet, thesprocketpodcast.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and anywhere else you want us to be. Join our special group on Strava. Share your rides with us and with other people who listen to the show. And, uh, man, oh, man, if you want to help us out, if you want to send in a couple of bucks, we would love your help. Patreon.com is where you can find the Sprocket Podcast. Uh, you can find a link at thesprocketpodcast.com in each of our show notes if you would like to become one of our regular donors. Thanks to all of our regular donors for making this happen. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. Okay, uh, more Sprocket Podcast coming to you sooner than you'll think. Okay, bye-bye.